to read any good news on the newspaper page. Well, then there must be some magic clue. Welcome, welcome to episode, I'm not sure, of season two of 12 Men 1 podcast, the number one rated podcast in the Rochester Hills Greek American community. <laughs> uh, we are joined uh, by probably the, the most famous, most illustrious uh, Rochester Hills uh, Greek uh, basketball players, uh, Mr. Matthew Zangus. Zangus, welcome back. Hello, everyone. Thank you. Thank you for that great introduction. Now, I must say, I did not get to participate in the Zangus, the Tankus podcast last year, so I've really been waiting all year and all my life for this moment. <laughs> so, Dan, any uh, pressing questions you have for Zangus? Actually, yes. So, a heated debate came about in the past with me, Tony, Cratch, you, Paul. Might have been over some bourbons. And the real question was, if everyone in our league was a character in Family Matters, who would they be? And the toughest one to answer was Matt Zangus. Really could be anyone. He's jack of all trades. He could be... Urkel, he could be Carl, he could be Eddie, he could be Harriet. So uh, I guess that leaves us with the question, Matt Zangus, who would you be? Who were the head, head, Who were the bets for this? Who's the I favorite? I don't think we put any lines on it because it was just such a, a close race and just too tough to call. What was the consensus? Yeah, the the, the dark horse is Estelle. <laughs> well, I thought I was Estelle. Well, that's why it's a dark horse. <laughs> or Zangus. Well, I would be myself as Eddie. Obviously, because he's got the basketball prowess. And because Zangus has met him. Oh. And, I mean... I've never seen him in the same place at the same time, so they might be the same person. They might be. Matt Zagas, Eddie Winslow, Steve Urkel, Stefan Urkel. You know, there's a lot of parallels here. It's true. Anyway, Zangus, what's what's new? How have you been since last year? Want to update everyone on your on the life and times? Life and times of Matt Zangus. Uh... Failed trip to Greece this summer, which was going to happen over the drafts, so that was not good. No bueno there. Um, so if you didn't go to Greece, why didn't you come to the draft? Uh, I I don't have an answer for you there. So, Eddie. <laughs> Classic Eddie. 
still recruiting here for Kelly Services, hiring the world's finest light industrial talent, trying to get 10 to 15 people per week is a lot of fun. But, uh, yeah, nothing really has changed in my life. Uh, still recruiting, uh, still live in that Michigan air uh, for who knows how much longer. I've threatened this move for a while, and maybe a move is coming, maybe not. We shall see. Exciting. Keep us on the edge of our seats, just in anticipation. That's what I do best. Uh, so, Sengis, uh, why don't you give us a little rundown of your team? You know, what were you looking for in the draft? How did it work out for you? And, uh, you know, what are you what are you looking at going forward here? Uh, not much to say about my pitiful start to a team. Uh, uh, just failed to spend money per usual uh, saving that money for a rainy day fund isn't really doing my team much good and lost that on some guys that I thought were overpaid and now I have 87 million dollars moving forward for next year so. yeah I got a, got a lot of cap space I think we hear a uh, uh, Benjamin in the background there. Unless you have a kid, you haven't told us about Zangus. No. <laughs> don't know. Don't hurt. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I mean, Dan and I and, and other people we've talked about, you definitely left a lot of of cap space on the table uh, this off season. Um, like you said, just had some maybe some bad beats in the auction. Some people, uh, you know, that you thought could have got for cheaper and you didn't want to overpay for you know always waiting for that that greener pasture uh player to come around but um you know you got some some gaps to fill uh you got a lot of room a lot of money to do it um you know so you just got to be hoping for for one big waiver wire pickup i imagine right i can't even tell you anymore so yeah off to a a one in three start to the season um, you know, your running backs, which were the, the strong point of your team, are, are a little bit in shambles. Uh, you know, Sony Michelle is definitely not panning out as well as you thought he would. Neither is Joe Mixon. They're both, you know, basically outside of, of startable running backs right now. Um, you know, Connor and Elliott uh, are both doing well. Connor, maybe not as well as you would have hoped. Um, but, you know, you still have some some decent performances from your running backs. So it's, you know, once again, it's the the wide receivers that are, are letting you down you know you've had a couple of weeks where you just played you know unfortunately the wrong one um and uh you know the the team as a whole is kind of taking a beating on that you know you're only averaging about 100 points a game that's you know basically eh, middle of the league but you know definitely bottom uh you know bottom half uh not uh not in that upper echelon where you need to be no miscalculations as we already said uh and no receiver death really hurts. Yeah. And I think, you know, as uh, as Kaz mentioned last week, you know, that definitely sets you up uh, with a lot of money going into the 2020 draft when there's supposedly a lot of free agents. So the question now, Zank, is are you going to still try and, and win this season? Or are you maybe going to try and, and flip and trade some of your, uh, you know, more valuable assets to, to get some draft picks next year? Remains to be seen. The man of mystery. 
man of mystery and not giving me many answers, uh, not bringing up many discussion points. So I know there was something you did want to talk about. You kind of wanted to, to touch on what's going on in Jacksonville. So why don't you break that down for us and let me know what you're thinking. Yeah, we got some Minshew magic going on down in Jacksonville. And according to ESPN, they're going to have Garden Minshew uh, fan day, so to speak, for a couple games. And fans can be Garden Minshew. So are you going to go down there and, and get an autograph? I am not. But if you came to Detroit and signed an autograph, would you go down and get one? Uh, probably not. <laughs> if if you had to get one article of clothing autographed by Gardner Minshew and it could not be a jersey or a t-shirt, what would it be, Zangus? Mm. A jackstrap. <laughs> there you go. So he was doing his uh his pregame workout just uh just in a jackstrap and a, a white beater basically. Yes, he was. Yeah, he is very confident of himself. And, you know, I think that's part of what's serving him so well uh, thus far in his, his first year in the league. You know, he's got a lot of swagger. He's got a lot of confidence in himself. Jacksonville's not uh, asking him to make too many of the, the crazy tough throws. Um, you know, he's mostly keeping it safe, keeping it, uh, you know, underneath the, the smart, good percentage throws. Um, you know, and that's about all you can ask out of a rookie QB. Uh, and I still expect them to perform, you know, as well as he has been. So, you know, the... The Minshew mania or the Minshew magic is uh, is definitely alive and well, and I, I can see the reasons for it. So, uh, you know, I'm excited. I hope he continues to do well. I think it's going to be interesting next year, um, you know, when Foles is back off that injury. Do you think they have a quarterback battle? Do you think they try and, you know, maybe trade or, or release Nick Foles um, and just give the team to Minshew? Or do you think they let Foles back into the starting gig? I was to guess it's will still be Foles' job to lose unless Minshew pulls a Tom Brady and gets Jacksonville to deepen the playoffs and maybe even a Super Bowl. I mean, do you think that's possible with the the team they have right now? I mean, they still have a really stout defense. Their offense has pieces, and, you know, I think Foles potentially was their missing link, but maybe Minshew can... Do a little of what he did at Washington State and come in and be the underdog that nobody saw coming forward. Yeah, maybe. Six-round pick. I don't know where he was, but he was definitely a late-round pick. He was, Yeah, he was a round-six pick, pick number 178. Um, so, I mean, Tom Brady magic of the sixth round. I was going to say, you might be hitting on something there. You know, Brady came in for an injured Drew Bledsoe and never looked back. So maybe we're looking at the same thing with Minshew here. I, uh, I heard a, an interesting stat on part of my take today that uh, just confirmed on ESPN. They said that his uh, his completion percentage right now is 69.420. Nice. <laughs> nice. Uh, so ESPN rounds up and only says 69.4, so I'm going to have to just believe part of my take on that, uh, that extra two hundredths of a percent, um, and it's funnier that way, so we'll go with it. All right, Zang, any other uh, updates or anything else you wanted to talk about before we kind of look back at last week? No, nothing nothing on my end. All right, so uh, Dan and I had kind of a, a rough week of Pick'em last week. 
Uh, I believe it's still loading. Dan got uh, three out of the five uh, 12 men, one trophy picks. Uh, Cratch and I only got two, but Kaz just lit the world on fire. Kaz went five for five in 12 men, one trophy last week. And uh, it might not be the first time that's happened, but it's definitely one of the, the rare times where someone's been, you know, 100% accurate. Um, and then the interesting thing is Kaz followed that up by going 0 for 5 in the NFL picks. Um, so, again, kind of a mixed bag for Kaz. Cratch uh, lost both of his mystery picks, so he lost the full three uh, mystery points. So he's down to 11. So we'll see what he has to say about it this week. Um, Dan correctly bet against Cratch on both those mystery picks, and he also hit all of the NFL picks. Uh, so Dan went uh, 5 for 5 in the NFL this week. I stupidly following Cratch uh, went three for two because I took both of his mystery picks. Um, but Zag, I'll, I'll apologize to you uh, because I, I picked you in 12 man one trophy last week with the uh, goal of getting Kaz the win. And unfortunately for you, that's what happened. Kaz ended up beating you. Um, so why don't you just kind of tell us what happened in your matchup last week? Yeah, it's kind of what you alluded to about playing the wrong receiver a couple times here. Uh, A.J. Brown has been very solid for the Tennessee Titans, and A.J. Brown has been on that bench of mine for every single week, so he may have earned himself a starter spot in my lineup. Yeah, so that'll be interesting going forward. I noticed you kind of replaced Demarcus Robinson there, who hasn't quite repeated his Week 2 performance um, so we'll we'll look ahead uh, in a little bit there. But, uh, you know, Kaz had a, a good game out of Leonard Fournette and Marcus Mariota. Uh, you know, Derrick Henry scored double-digit points, but then I think the, the big kicker for Kaz was Corton Sutland uh, dropped 21 points. Um, and, you know, it's just uh, you, you couldn't quite come back from that. Um, you know, Mahomes let you down against the, the Lions. He's usually good for, for 20 to 30. So I think if Mahomes had his usual scoring effort, then uh, – uh, would have been a lot closer and you might even have won this one, but just uh, an unfortunate scoring week for you. Yeah. Um, looking at uh, another matchup, uh, it was more of a, a blowout. Uh, Cratch got pretty well dominated by D'Amato, uh, lost by about 24, uh, despite D'Amato having several players in single digits. Um, you know, Cratch's team is just... Just not looking so good right now. Um, so we'll see kind of what he decides to do going forward because he's in a, a similar boat as you, Zank, and that he's one for three to start the season. And, you know, as, uh, as many people have said, we're, you know, we're a quarter of the way through the NFL, or excuse me, through the fantasy season now, right? Because we're four weeks into a, essentially a 13-game season. So that even means more more like a third of the way, and we're a quarter of the way through the NFL season. So, um, you know, fantasy uh, took forever to get here, and it's going pretty fast. Yes, it is. All right, another uh, big blow, maybe even bigger than the other one. I don't want to do the math right now, uh, but I'm happy to report that Tony Gall did indeed lose to Matt Pentis. Uh, Gall put up a, a paltry 71 points, even though he decided to play a kicker in a defense. And his kicker was actually his second highest scoring uh, player this week. Uh, Joey Sly on a Carolina, it looks like, uh, put up 13 points. Carson Wentz scored uh, almost 20 for Gowell. Um, and then Josh Jacobs was his only other double-digit scorer in 11 points. So uh, his team is trash. Uh, they're going to continue to play like trash. And he just got beat out to re-sign his San Francisco kicker. 
um, even though he didn't put a bid on him. So he's likely not going to be getting any better anytime soon. A big, big win from Pentis here. Um, you know, he he needed the the boost to get himself back up to even. Uh, so hopefully the, the things uh, keep keep going well for him. Uh, you know, I noticed he did uh, bench Stefan Diggs uh, in this game. Uh, of course, it was the one where he put up 12 points. So, uh, you know, we'll see a lot of a lot of interesting wide receiver choices for for Pentis going forward. But you know, a win definitely helps uh, keep him in the playoff hunt. And getting into, uh, you know, eh, I was going to save this one, but it's another kind of blowout. Dan beat me by 24 points. Uh, you know, I had a pretty decent showing. I scored 111 points, but, uh, you know, Dan's team kind of came back to form again. Uh, he dropped 135 despite only getting 12 from Watson and 10 from Alvin Kamara. But he had three 20-point scorers. McCaffrey almost put up 30. Uh, and the Chicago defense put up almost 20, so... Uh, you know, if his team continues to score like that, they're going to be tough to beat uh, in any week. Now, jumping to our last two matchups, these two were a lot closer. Uh, Phil eked out a win against O'Brien. He won by less than two points. Um, you know, the Marlon Mack injury hurt him. He only got four points. Uh, and then the the historic day from Chubb, you know, uh, kept O'Brien close. Chubb had almost uh, 38 points, so... Um, you know, I don't think he's going to repeat that score anytime soon. Um, you know, it's a, it a good, good showing from O'Brien. Um, you know, just unfortunately ran into one of the higher scoring teams this week. And now this was, I think, the, the most interesting matchup of the week. I don't know if you, you looked at this at all, Zangus, but this was Truman versus Mitch. Um, a tenth of a point difference. That is a tenth be of a point. game. On record, eh? It's got to be. You know, it's you can't get too much closer than one yard. You know, and they often say one yard is the difference between winning and losing. And, you know, nowhere is it more true than in this matchup. Um, Truman decided to go with the zero-point player strategy. Uh, you know, we haven't talked about it much this year, but it's definitely worked for him here. Uh, he started uh, Terry McLaurin, even though he was injured in his flex. Um, you know, had he played any one of those other three players who actually scored, uh, you know, he would have won a little bit better, but none of the players on his bench put up more than five points. So tough to, to say he made a bad call there uh, other than playing an injured player. Yeah. So I am reviewing this as we are talking and I have nowhere to talk at the moment being, Oh, and excuse me, one and three, but Truman's bench was a collective, Nine point, let's see here. Nine point one points from a bench. Zero, 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 zero. Four point four three and one point seven. But as you said, he still eked out a win. Yeah, I mean, uh, Truman's been been bit by the injury bug this year. He's got Breeze and Barkley. You know, neither of which played. Uh, he's got AJ Green, who's still uh, working back from. From his injury um, he's got Antonio Brown who's uh, mentally injured um, and uh, you know had to, Mike Weber is more of a, a rookie pick kind of a long-term play so you can't expect too many points out of him Jeff Wilson was on by and again um, you know just a, a tough showing from his bench um, you know Mitch also has a bunch of players that didn't get any points uh, you know the the Jets by hurt him so he has Le'Veon Bell on the bench um, he's got a lot of Jets. He's got Le'Veon Bell, Ty Montgomery, and Chris Herndon. Um, Herndon will be back from suspension this week, so 
Um, we'll see if he, he wants to play him instead of his other two tight ends. Um, you know, it's, it was a, an interesting matchup. Uh, Mitch almost eked it out with the Gurley's arguably best game of the season with about 23 points. Um, but yeah, this was, this was close. It was fun to watch. Um, you know, I was watching for a stat correction, you know, all day yesterday and into today, but unfortunately for Mitch, it just didn't come. And, you know, he's on the, the losing side of a historic matchup. So I think that's uh, you know maybe a good time to to bring Dan back in. Dan, what were you seeing as the uh, the best and worst plays of the week here? I've been here all along. <laughs> so I think this is going to be a first for the podcast in our many many episodes. But the worst play of the week actually this week belongs to a team that ended up winning their matchup. Oh, any any guesses? Truman. So the worst play of the week is actually going to Phil. Uh, Ooh. Because Phil really should have lost his matchup. He just was blessed a little bit towards the end of the New Orleans and Dallas game. Um, but he was heading towards a loss. And he ends up getting the win by, as you guys mentioned, you know, less than, fewer than two points. And he really should have been dominating O'Brien, but O'Brien had a good week and Phil not so much. But uh, long story short, Phil tried to get cute in this matchup and thought he was the smartest guy in the league and in the room, the metaphorical room, and decided to bench Chris Carson, who you know is a stud running back for Marlon Mack. Uh, again, he's trying to get cute, trying to get fancy. And it almost cost him the matchup and his, so far, undefeated season. So uh, Phil gets uh, one of the worst plays of the week. And I think, real quick, Dan, the uh, interesting thing about Phil's benching, too, is he played Darren Waller in his flex. So Phil started two tight ends this week. Um, yeah, I mean, this know, is... Phil, a lot Phil of interesting is, plays. Right. Phil is an orthodontist, so he tends to think he's smarter than everyone else, but... Uh, <laughs> Stick to braces, Phil. Burn. So the second, uh, not really historical because I think I did this earlier this year, uh, but second worst play of the week goes to the entire league (laughs) for everyone indirectly or directly passing on Nick Chubb. Uh, He ended up going in the second round, 13th pick last year to O'Brien. And... He's really lighting it up with the Browns, so pretty much everything that draft analysis said about him ended up being completely untrue. Um, sometimes you just got to take players that are good in college, they're going to be good in the pros. And he almost carried O'Brien's team to victory. So, yeah, some uh, some rough plays here, but what's uh, what was the best play of the week? I don't remember. Let me think about this. <laughs> I think I nominate Truman for playing Terry McLaurin while he was injured and going for the zero point player strategy because it, it clearly worked out. I would have to say, looking at this, and it's not a lot to say, but Pentis playing Gallman with Saquon hurt, got him 24 points. 
That was definitely an excellent pickup. He outbid uh, at least Phil for Gallman there, uh, and that's a, definitely a great play. Uh, the Oh, that's right. Okay. So um, the best play of the week actually uh, goes to Kaz here for putting in uh, Cortland Sutton in his flex position. So not that Kaz has a ton of options, but T.Y. Hilton uh, goes down the night before. So on, I think on Saturday they announced he wasn't playing. Um, he could have gone with Jordan Howard, and it also would have won him the matchup. Um, that's why I'm giving him best play because he had the best options. So he could have chosen either, but either way that got him the win with his flex play against Angus, a surprise victory. Greetings from Denver, the mile high city and home to the 0-4 Broncos. Fans are rioting here and want everyone fired. It makes me laugh as a Lions fan. Anyways, Katoffel had a good victory this week, mostly due to the up-down theory of Dan picking against the team. Ergo, I expect Katoffel to have a down week here against the mighty carry-on-my-wayward sons. But wait a minute. You aren't listening to me for picks. You want letters and answers. I'm feeling generous this week and will be giving you a bonus letter. We're going to knock off the rest of the Fs, which is the grade everyone deserves after your pitiful guesses this week. The remaining two Fs stand for Fearless Fantasy, resulted in the last four words being Fearless Fantasy Football Leaders. Good luck. All right, so uh, Pentis graced us with two words today. You know, he finished off the Fs. Uh, so the last four words in his team name are fearless fantasy football leaders. So we got the full. Now we just need the kakaf or kakato. Uh, what do you guys think that stands for? I think he's making it up as he goes, so there is no real answer. <laughs> All right. Um, you know, that's that's one, one rationale for it. I will note, you know, he updated his picture as he always does. Um, this one's a little bit different. It's uh, There's some pictures in the background, and, um, Dan, they look like they're both from our Disney trip after undergrad. Um, it's really tough to see because it's a small picture, um, but I think one of them is me and Pentis uh, sipping on some drinks. And the other one, it might not be from Disney, but it looks like you and Pentis uh, cuddling on a couch. Yeah, I mean, I hope it is from the same day because Pentis is wearing the exact same clothes. So, How can you see that? Zoom, bro. I can't even see what you guys are talking about. Okay, yeah, I, I see the same shirt. Um, it, it definitely could be from the same day. Um, all right, so that, that you know, makes me think that this is something, uh, I don't know if it's Disney-related now. Mm-hmm. You know, is he looking at the, uh, the cartoon characters uh, at the only Fearless Fantasy Football Leaders? Well, no, really, really makes you think, doesn't it? It does. It does. So, uh, while we're thinking about that, uh, Dan, why don't you, why don't you take us down to Bourbon Corner? Oh, it's gonna be tough. Well, I'm not actually in Bourbon Corner tonight. Uh, had a little bourbon party last night. Uh, party of me and my wife. 
so I didn't actually make it down the bourbon corner tonight. I'm, I'm in uh, dihydrogen monoxide corner. Ooh, another another you? important corner. Well, you know, in honor of our our guest tonight, um, you know, I wanted to drink a little little Woodford uh, double oaked. Uh, you know, Zangus, I don't know if you've gotten your uh, your uh, owner of the year trophy yet, but it certainly was delicious. Um, so had some Woodford uh, poured out just for you, and uh, you know, just like the draft, since you're not here, I'm drinking it. If only I had remembered to drink Zangus's trophy. <laughs> the moment's gone. So what? Uh, what are you drinking tonight, Zank? There's nothing in my corner either, unfortunately tonight. Man, you guys are man. keeping me up tonight. It's been a long week at work. <laughs> All right. Well, then, <laughs> then I guess since I'm the only one there, um, thanks for for coming down to Bourbon Corner with me, um, or at least looking at me from across the street. Uh, so until next time, Bourbon Corner, Bourbon Corner. Beautiful. Thank you. I can't do it as well as you, but I've been working on it. Oh boy. All right, so looking ahead, a uh, quick update to the poll power index. Uh, a little bit of moving and shaking, mostly in the, the bottom two-thirds. Um, again, we're starting to see a little bit more granularity as the records uh, kind of shape out. Uh, we have four one-and-three teams, uh, so they're all down at the bottom. Uh, sorry, Zank, but actually you come in the highest at number eight. Um, again, the, the, the roster construction is what's keeping you afloat right now. You just got to make the right plays and, and win some games. I think maybe the, uh, the shocker succinct analysis poll. Well, thank you. I like I try to try to, make, you know, make the right plays and win some games. Yeah. You know, you just got to score more points than the other team. It's really easy. <laughs> uh, maybe a, a shocker down in this, this group of five here is a uh, Truman at two and two. You know, some may say he's a 500 team. He doesn't belong at the number 11 spot, um, but he's, uh, you know, averaging the second lowest points in the league. Like we talked about, one of his wins was by the slimmest of margins, and it wasn't even 85 points total. Um, his, his roster is just beat to hell. Um, you know, he's going to need some more close wins. And he's going to need to put up some more points uh, if he wants to compete uh, long run this season. So, again, uh, bottom five, we got Zankis at eight. Kaz is up to number nine. Mitch is down to number 10. Truman is holding steady at number 11. Uh, and then Cratch, unfortunately, is down at the bottom. Um, he's one and three. Uh, he scored the least amount of points this year. Um, he's only averaging 91 points per game. So uh, even though his roster should be better, um, you know, it's just not working out for him. So looking at kind of our, our middle chunk of teams here, we got Pentis O'Brien and Tony Gowell. Uh, Gowell is at least back in the bottom half. He's coming in at number seven. Um, he's two and two. Uh, some may ask why is he down that low when he has uh, more points scored and more, more points per game than Pentis and O'Brien. Again, my rankings, uh, I put them where I want. So uh, Gowell's down to number seven. O'Brien's moving his way up to number six. Uh, again, it was a, a loss this week for him, but it was a close and a tough loss. Um, Pentis is moving up to number five. Um, you know, they both have uh, have some work to do to improve on their 500 seasons, but, uh, you know, with a few more wins, they'll be be right up there in contention for a while. So top four, uh, you know, actually didn't move much this week. Phil is the only 4-0 team. Um, he's absolutely crushing it. He's got the best roster. He's got uh, the most points scored. Uh, only uh, 
he's only averaging two more points per game than me. Um, but uh, unfortunately, I got a loss in there. Uh, you know, coming off the the uh, heels of uh, of your win this week, Dan. Um, some may say again, you beat me. We have the same record. Uh, you know, your roster is arguably better than mine. You should be a number two. And again, to that I say, <laughs> my rankings. I'm gonna do them whatever I want. Um, so Dan, you're at number three, and the model's holding steady at number four. Um, so not a ton of movement this week, uh, but uh, definitely some some more uh, granulation or delineation of the ranks. You know, the cream always rises to the crop, to the top. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the cream of the crop. Yeah. Um, so belt. what was that? Slap that belt. Slap that belt. All right, uh, Zankis is the guest. You get to to pick. Do you want to do the NFL picks or do you want to do the twelve men one trophy picks first? Let's go uh, twelve men one trophy. All right. So Dan, why don't you break down this first matchup for us? All right. Happily. So this is Kaz DK Country. Versus Truman, Michael Truman. Nobody knows what's his name or what what's his real name or what's his team name. He's a man of mystery. He's a man of mystery. So Kaz has, in terms of points scored, has really overachieved this year. Um, even though his record has not reflected it, Kaz has 436 points on the year. Uh, which puts him at, if I did my math correctly, what was it, fourth most points in the league? I have that as well. So, um, actually, check that. Third most points in the league. Impressive. So Kaz sits at one and three with the third most points in the league. Uh, This is a division matchup between Kaz and Truman in the Truman division, which is led by Pohl, which is very confusing. <laughs> but um, I think, you know, things meet their level here this week. And Kaz's team, at least right now, is just a better team. Truman's obviously had some bad luck. We talked about that last week. Uh, but I'm going to take Kaz here uh, for the win. Uh, I think it actually should be pretty straightforward for Kaz. And then Kaz will go into second place in his division. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think uh, I think Kaz wins this one. Um, I, you know, I find it interesting. And, you know, I need to look at the pole power index again because, um, okay, there it is. So yeah, I have I have Kaz and Damato tied at 109 points per game, um, which doesn't quite make sense when I look. Yeah, cause, so it's there's one point it, off. Yeah, in total. In total, so but yeah, they're so Kaz is fourth because it's Phil, me, you, then Kaz at four thirty six overall. Um, so yeah, I, I agree. Kaz is, is uh, putting up some good points. His record definitely doesn't reflect it. Um, so that's some some unlucky scheduling. So I think uh, this is a week where Kaz turns it around and gets his second one of the season. Zank, what do you think here? We'll go for the queen, clean sweep with Kaz. Yeah, as as Zengus you you pointed out earlier, and you're exactly right. I mean, 
Truman just has no depth to his team at all. And then, of course, he had three major injuries in Breeze, Saquon, and A.J. Green, and then whatever you want to call the Antonio Brown fiasco. So he just he has no didn't have much depth to begin with, and then terrible luck. His team is just in dire straits right now. Yeah, so Kaz, we're all we're all counting on you here. Uh, next matchup, we got D'Amato versus Rakowski. Zankis, what are you seeing here? Who do you like in this matchup? Uh, unless I see something that I'm not seeing right now, I think Phil's going to take this pretty handily. Uh, just overall depth of his team, a little more than D'Amato can swell, take this week. Yeah, I agree. Um, I'm taking Phil here. Um, <laughs> just using the, as we know, faulty RSO projections. Uh, Phil is projected to put up 165 points this week, which would be pretty close, if not a, a full record for us. Um, D'Amato's only projected to put up 91. Um, you know, uh, Phil's got a great team. They're going to be tough to beat. It's going to be tough to pick against them unless he's got some major injuries. So I'm going with Phil here. Dan, what are you seeing? You know, everything says Phil should win this game, but I just I like the I like the balls on D'Amato here. He sets up Melvin Gordon versus Austin Eckler. It'll be a fun matchup. He has some good matchups on his side. I would actually rather have Dalvin Cook than Adam Thielen in in a you know an imploding Minnesota Vikings team. Um, if my baby weren't sleeping, I'd play the breaking news sound because Stefan Diggs like just randomly skipped practice today because he didn't feel like practicing supposedly. Um, was so, that before or after he tweeted just a one emoji and everyone assumed he was going to New England? I have no idea. But, um, I mean, speaking of New England, I feel like New England against Washington, he could probably outscore the Mato's team with the right kind of game against the Redskins because they're that bad. <laughs> yep. Uh, but, you know, I think this is going to be closer than the 75-point differential that RSO predicts. So because I think it's going to be close, I'm just going to go against you guys, uh, you know, for fun's sake and take them out. All right. Fair enough. Third matchup, we got uh, me versus Pentis. Um, I think I'm just going to walk away with this one. Um, I got a great team. Uh, everyone's hitting on all cylinders. Uh, you know, we've had a, a couple of I'll rough outings. Uh, you know, rough outings. Ran up against some buzzsaws. Um, you know, Carrion Johnson's on by this week. Um, so we've we got some some roster decisions to make right now. I'm starting Daryl Williams, but uh, supposedly Damian Williams was practicing today, so I don't know how long he's going to sit in there. Uh, might uh, might flip over to MBS, uh, throw him in there with uh, with Devonte Adams out. He should uh, should be a pretty good play for me this week. Um, I think I'm gonna win this one. What say you guys? Go ahead, Zink. So um, not to make your roster decision for you, but I think Lamar Jackson will struggle against Pittsburgh and you have a better play in Jameis Winston. But I would say the um, roster is a little stronger than uh, Matt Pentis, and you will clip him by a slim margin of four or five points this week. I think it's going to be closer than 
what it looks like, at least with first glance. Dan, do you agree or disagree? Yeah, I think this should be a close matchup. Um, I originally was thinking Pentas here. I think both of you have some rough matchups, to be honest. You both, based on matchups alone on paper, you probably will underperform both teams. But that said, I think if both teams are underperforming, you probably have more talent overall. So I'm going to take you, Paul, with the old up-down theory. I appreciate the the vote of confidence. So, Dan, up-down theory, you got to be picking O'Brien in your matchup this week. There is no down to my team (laughs) except for two weeks ago. But that said... um, Obviously, we talked about earlier, O'Brien's team has overperformed, really, this year, especially with Chubb um, and the way he's played. But uh, even though I have to make some big substitutions this week because uh, Devonta Adams is injured, Hawkinson is both injured and on a bye, uh, Tyler Boyd is injured but will probably play, uh, What's his name? Whatever his name is, Kyle Allen. He's on my team, but um, he doesn't. He doesn't like throwing to DJ Moore. Um, Nagy hates using the best players on his offense. I can't play Cohen, and James White is back, so Burkhead is useless. So uh, I'm going to have to make some substitutions this week, but I think that'll be just fine, and uh, it should be a close matchup. But I'm going to take the win here. Yeah, I don't disagree with you. Um, you know, the the injury and the buy bug is is hitting you uh, maybe a little bit harder than it is hitting O'Brien. Um, but unfortunately for you, and unfortunately for O'Brien, you have the the talent to to weather and fight through that. Um, you know, O'Brien still has Tyreek Hill who's injured, but he might have been practicing this week. Mike Williams is down with a back injury that may or may not be the same thing that sidelined him. Uh, last year and so the the unfortunate thing is that uh, O'Brien's almost forced into starting Adrian Peterson against New England which no one wants to see um, you know I think O'Brien could could keep this pretty close um, if Chubb has a decent game but uh, you know I don't think he goes off for 40 points again um, I think you're going to score in your your typical you know 110s 120s or 130s that might be a little bit tough with the substitutions but uh, you know I think you're your average score uh, is still better than O'Brien's, you know, best score on the season. Um, so I think I'm gonna gonna pick you here, Dan. Zank, what are you thinking? Yeah, Dan's death is just a little too much for O'Brien to handle right now. And as you mentioned, I, New England's defense is just gonna really stifle Peterson, and Peterson might only get a four or five point performance. So just gonna be a little too much for him and. Like, I, like you alluded to, I think Dan's depth is just a little too much for O'Brien to handle this week. All right, so I think that makes it a, a clean sweep on Hammerker there, even though he's not allowed to pick himself. Um, Zegas, yeah, looking cool. at the at the <laughs> at the next matchup, um, what do you see in between uh, Cratch and Gowl? Who do you like in this one? Uh, believe it or not, after Tony's performance last year he uh comes away with a win here against cratch um cratch doesn't get the performance he needs um 
from Smith Schuster and falls victim to Tony Gao. Zang is written the narrative before it even happens. Dan, what are you seeing? Well, this is a nice uh, relegation station matchup. Uh, could be a season-defining matchup, if you will. Tony, Tony with a rough week last night. Cratch trying to hang on. Cratch has, like Truman, been pretty hard hit by some of the big injuries that have happened in the NFL this year. Uh, so um, Juju has really lost a lot of value because um, no Roethlisberger. So that's a big deal to Cratch. Um, in the end, I think head-to-head Tony just has more talent on his team right now. So I'm going to take Tony. I was thinking along the same lines as you guys, you know, looking at the matchups, you got to kind of lean towards Tony. Um, you know, he's starting two Chiefs in uh, Sammy Watkins and Michael Hardman. So one of them should have a decent game. Um, you know, Frank Gore is eternal, um, but he's going to get a ton of work while Devin Singletary's still out, even though he's back practicing. Um, you know, I gotta gotta think DeAndre Hopkins has a big game one of these weeks, and why not against Atlanta? Um, you know, I think if anything though, uh, Cratch needs to do a little uh, lineup editing because Kittle's coming back from the bye, uh, so he can work him in there. And I actually for Cratch, I like playing two tight ends this week because I think Kittle is better than Barber, and I think Disley is also better than Barber. So I I would not be opposed to Cratch playing two tight ends. Um, if he really loves Peyton Barber, which I don't know why he would, um, you know, you can maybe flip him for, for Miles Sanders, who's, uh, you know, kind of been, been hot and cold, never had a big breakout performance yet. Um, and I don't know if he's able to do that against the Jets. Um, so I think, uh, you know, it's going to be close, um, mostly because uh, this is what I want to happen. I'm going to pick Cratch and uh, we'll keep Tony Gowell in the bottom half. Uh, the pole power index will keep working on getting him back down to that number 12 spot. It's going to be tough with the way Truman's team is playing this year. It's going to be tough with the way Cratch's team is playing this year, but I'm going to take Cratch this week. So our final matchup of the week, Zankis, this is you versus Mitch. Break it down for us. Yeah, just some unlucky plays for myself the first couple weeks here. Um, I actually am going to pick myself over Mitch. Uh, you can't pick in this game, Zang. It's, just, it's yeah. not allowed. Just yeah. because Dan does it doesn't mean you can do it too. It's all right. <laughs> what are you going to do? Fire me? Yep. All right. Bye, everybody. Uh, all right, Zangus. thanks for joining us. Uh, Dan, what are you seeing here? <laughs> So what what do you like about your matchup this week, Zach? Are you happy with your lineup right now? I know you said you were working on getting AJ Brown in there. So what are you what are you thinking with him his matchup this week? Yeah, so I think AJ is actually going to struggle against a pretty good Buffalo defense uh, up to this point through four weeks here. But I definitely think he's better than some of the other wide receivers they can throw out there. Um, just as a whole, I. I think my running back depth is going to help in this matchup against Mitch to narrowly escape Mitch to move to two and three on the year. That's, you know, something to think about. Zangus is 
you are right now one and three with 399 points. And let's talk about players on your team. Patrick Mahomes, Zeke Elliott, James Conner, uh, a surprising A.J. Brown, Amari Cooper, Joe Mixon, Baker Mayfield. You have a lot of big names, and you've just had some guys underperform, like you mentioned before. And it's kind of been a weird fantasy season, but same thing as in you know real football, if you will. Talent uh, will out, and you just have more talent this week than Mitch, and Mitch's star player, uh, Matt Prater, won't be playing this week, so... <laughs> Even I think interestingly enough, the um, projected points is just one point diff- of difference, and to the hundredth of a point, 111.08 for Mitch and 110.08 for Zank. But I think you'll outperform the RSO ratings, and you'll take the win. And with that. I will also take the win because you're both in my division. <laughs> and somebody has to lose. Yeah, someone has to lose and someone has to get relegated. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, Zank, A.J. Brown has had a couple of good weeks. Um, he's definitely got a tougher matchup against Buffalo. But, you know, I agree. Who else do you play here? You can't trust Randall Cobb. You can't trust Deshaun Hamilton or D.D. Westbrook. You definitely can't trust Marquise Goodwin. And Demarcus Robinson is just kind of your, your shot in the dark. You know, hope he scores a touchdown again. Um, you know, that being said, uh, Mitch is in kind of a similar situation. You know, he's got decent, if underperforming running backs in Le'Veon Bell and Todd Gurley. Um, and then his wide receiver situation is, is questionable at best. Uh, you know, Calvin Ridley is, has been pretty off this season. Um, Marquise Brown, other than that first week, um, you know, hasn't really done a ton. Um, and Brandon Cooks is always hot or cold, depending on, on, uh, you know, if Jared Goff throws 70 times in a game or not. Um, you know, I, th- I think this all comes down to, you know, kind of Marquise Brown versus A.J. Brown. Um, you know, whichever receiver I think has a, a blow-up game or, you know, drops the, the 15 or 20-point score, I think that team wins. Um, and just statistically, I know you said you, you don't like that, that Pittsburgh defense. Uh, so I'm going to kind of agree with you. I don't think Marquise Brown has a huge day uh, now that uh, Minka Fitzpatrick is in Pittsburgh. Uh, so, Zank, I'm going to pick you on this one, too. Don't let me down. So jumping over to the NFL picks, uh, lines are obviously on by this week. Get a chance to rest, chance to recover from a couple of injuries. So, you know, especially with Hawkinson out, I don't think it uh, came at uh, too soon of a time. Um, but so looking at this first game, we got uh, Truman's Bungles versus the uh, hapless, helpless Arizona Cardinals. Uh, the line is Cincy minus three. Dan, who are you taking in this one? I am a big fan of Cincinnati in general um, in terms of the spread in the last, for the lifetime of this podcast, I should say. But I think Arizona is actually better than people think, and I don't just say that because we tied them, we being the Lions, but I think they are a better team than people actually give them credit for, and Cincinnati is not good, 
So I'll take the points here, and I'll take Arizona plus three for, what, their first win, correct? Uh, yeah, other than their tie against the Lions, this would be their first non-loss. Zangus, who do you like in this one? Uh, yeah, I would. I actually agree with that analysis. Um, but I actually am going to go with the Bengals here at home to also come away with their first win and so. cover the three points. Um, but I would agree with what was being said about the Cardinals. I just I think the Bengals have to also break through and. Nothing better than playing at home to break through. So you completely agree, yet totally disagree. Yes. <laughs> All right. What I do. I've been <laughs> so, uh, Dan, I'm going to agree with you here. I'm going to take Arizona, um, in part just because I, I'm still buying into the preseason hype. I want to see that that high-flying offense. Um, Cincinnati is banged up. John Ross is out now. Um, Tyler Boyd's hurt. You know, is he coming back? Is he not? Who knows, but uh, I think the Cardinals cover, even though they're coming east. Uh, so I'll take the, the Cardinals plus three. It's going to be an ugly game, and it just depends on who can score. So we're all rooting for Kyler Murray. Well, now that you just threw all those injuries out, I'm going to have to do the famous thing as switcheroo and <laughs> go with the Cardinals. Oh, I'm switching now. Instant regret. All right, Zegas, are you switching, Dan? Are you going back to Cincinnati? I was not, no. Okay. It's always right. on Arizona. No, All right, we'll leave, we'll leave you on Arizona there. Zegas uh, might like to do the switcheroo, but Dan likes to stubbornly stay with <laughs> decisions he made in the past. Uh, fair enough. All right, next game, we got the uh, Chi-Town Bears technically at Oakland. Uh, technically, it's in London, um, so it's kind of an away game for both teams. Um you know, the, the line is the Bears minus five across the pond. I'm going to take it. I think the, the Bears, even without Trubisky, some may argue that's an upgrade, um, but without their, their starting quarterback, I think they get the win here. Um, I don't know if, if Derek Carr uh, is the, the true gunslinger that uh, he needs to be or that he was drafted to be um, to beat the Chicago defense. So I'm mostly betting on the, the Bears defense here um, with maybe a little bit of help from the offense and then kind of betting against that that Oakland Raiders offense and defense as a whole. So I'm going to take the Bears minus five. Dan, what do you think? I was going to take Oakland here because, as I've said all year, I think Chicago is uh, mostly a fraud because of their offense. Obviously, their defense is incredible, but I think overall their offense is going to lose them games this year. And Trubisky's terrible, but I'd probably rather have him than Chase Daniel. Uh, that said, once I found out the game was in London, I decided that I, without the advantage of uh, the Coliseum, I'm going to take Chicago in an 11-3 to victory. <laughs> that just sounds absolutely fantastic. So do you think that's uh, three field goals and a safety? Yes. Or, totally. okay. All right. <laughs> No touchdowns in the game. Unless it's defensive. (laughs) Zank, who do you like here? I'm going to go with the Bears, and poor Derek Carr is going to get eaten up by Khalil Mack. Uh, 
season over in the mid second quarter. That's a bold call, but I like it. Our final NFL matchup of the week. Can we can we take a break for a second? Yeah. I think I think the public and the league wants to know. Chicago, Chi Town, used to be commonly referred to as Zanktown. And I would like to get the inside scoop on what happened because Zangus, you no longer love Chicago. What happened? No more Uncle Chris. So the Parthenon closing really soured you on Chicago. Is that what I'm hearing? No, not totally. Just overall traffic in that city has soured me as time has gone on. Damn, the traffic's not good. Fair enough. Still better than New York City, though. So, I mean, maybe that's the real reason Zangus didn't come to the draft. He didn't want to have to deal with the traffic. And, I mean, Dan, if if your car troubles were any uh, indication, uh, Zank might have made the right move there. (laughs) Except those happen in Michigan. Womp, womp, womp. All right. Anyway. uh, Last... Last NFL matchup, we got uh, Tony's 49ers coming off a bye, uh, heading uh, back home to, what, you know, two hours away from San Francisco, wherever they actually play. Uh, they're hosting the uh, Cleveland uh, Browns, uh, who are certainly playing like their pants are brown right now, um, aside from that, uh, that Nick Chubb miraculous game last week. Uh, current line is 49ers minus three and a half. Um, mostly because Dan, like you said, uh, you know, one of these teams here is a fraud and I think that is the, the Niners. Um, I don't think their defense is as good as it's been playing. I don't think their offense is as good as it's been. Um, so I think, uh, Cleveland comes into town, Cleveland, uh, curb stomps them. Um, so not only do they get the win, but they absolutely cover. Zank, what do you think? Yeah, go ahead, Zank. So I actually, at least early on here, am buying into the Niners and I actually think Shanahan is going to out-coach Kitchens, who right now appears to be maybe the weak link of the Browns. Uh, I know it's still early in the year, but they had a really nice stretch of football last year with Greg Williams, who they got rid of for their offensive coordinator, who wasn't really proven other than couple weeks with uh, Baker Mayfield and I think he's made some questionable calls here in the first four weeks and the Niners are going to get the home win and improve to 4-0. So Dan we, we got a, a split decision finally what are you thinking here? Well you know I'm surprised this is like a matchup out of the 80s early 90s I'm, but I'm surprised to say I'm actually really excited for this Monday night matchup, um, which is odd, being the 49ers versus the Browns in our lifetimes. Uh, but I'm excited <laughs> for this game. I think this game is going to be one of those that when the season's over, like we look back and we said, wow, after that game we thought both teams were really good, and it turned out neither of them are quite there. <laughs> I don't I don't hate San Fran as much as you do, Paul, but I don't think they're um, – Everything people say they are. I do like Shanahan, like Zangus said, but I just don't think they're as good as people think. And I think the NFC is actually um, weaker than it usually is. So 
they're going to look good this year, but I don't think they actually are that good. And then Cleveland's been a disappointment, but it's Monday night. It's Baker Mayfield. He loves prime time. It's going to be a fun game, but uh, I'm going to take Cleveland just because I'm going to take the points, but I just think it's going to be a fun game. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, it should be, should be a good slate of games this weekend. Um, it's almost kind of nice when the Lions are on a bike, so you don't have to worry about the stress and anxiety of, of how are they going to lose it this week. Um, so it's it's kind of nice that, that one week a year where the Lions get a bye and you can just watch the rest of football and enjoy it. So, you know, we've already touched on, uh, you know, Cratch's unfortunate parlays, pleasers, teasers, everything that happened last week. Uh, so let's see what he has in store this week. Hey, Cratch. Hey, guys. This week, after suffering a three-point loss last week and only having 11 points to play with, I'm going to play what Dan might consider the ultimate Cratch mystery pick. We're putting five units on uh, the under 55.5 points in the Rams-Seahawks game and under 46.5 points in the Bears-Raiders game. The thinking here is that Thursday night football and London football is going to result in low-scoring affairs. That's five units to win five units. Let's get that money. Good luck, boys. Slap that belt. Um, So, Zank, Cratch's pick, um, he's taking the under for the Thursday night game, the Rams and the Seahawks, and the under for the London game, the Bears uh, at the Raiders. Um, He teased both of those up. So the Thursday night under is 55.5, and and the London under is 46.5. And and he's betting five whole mystery units on that. To win how many units? To win five. So it's an even bet. So, wow. I mean, that that's a, a whole lot of mystery points on a, a parlay. Um, you'd think after losing uh, two pleasers in a row, uh, or at least a, a one pleaser in a, a parlay, Cratch would be a little more gun-shy. Um, but, you know, he's he's chosen some some interesting picks this week. Um, I never like rooting for the unders just because more points is more fun. Um you know, the, the Rams were just involved in a shootout. Uh, the Seahawks have definitely proven they can score some points. Um, so I think if if there's a game that loses it, you know, we'll know Thursday night. But, you know, 56 points is a, a decent amount uh, for any NFL game. Um, with the, the current line, Seattle's only favored by one and a half. Um, so, I mean, it's going to basically be a 28-26 game uh, to get to get to the under and I could see that happening. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to agree with Cratch here. You know, we already talked about why the, the bears Raiders game is probably going to be low scoring. I definitely think under 46, so less than 23 points per team. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to agree with Cratch here. I hope he wins this one uh, to get him back up to 16 mystery units. Cause otherwise he's going to be down to six and uh, he's going to need some wins to keep going this season before we invite someone else in to make a pick. Yeah, I think this should be a win for Cratch. I agree with both of you. We already talked about London being a 11-point game. Is that what I said? No, 14-point game. Yeah, 11-3. And like you said, Thursday is probably the bigger risk. But Los Angeles is... Yeah, Los Angeles. They're... Offense was broken by 
Matt Patricia and the Lions uh, last year, and ever since then they have been they haven't been able to produce offensively. And we know Seattle has basically turned their offense into like a game management type system. So I think taking the under here is good. Um, I will never take an under in college basketball, but I'm happy to take an <laughs> under in NFL football because you're right, pull points are more fun, but defense is fun in football too. So I'm with you here, Cratch. All right, Zagas, what do you think? What were the picks again? I'm sorry. I know we've got the over-under in the Seahawks Thursday yeah. game with the Rams. And then the other the other one is the London uh, Bears-Raiders game. And so Cratch teased them both up six and a half points, but he's taking the under on both of them. So under 56 in the Rams game? Man. Yeah. All 55 right. and a half and 46 and a half in London. So I'm going to say that the Rams game goes over. And I'm going to say that the Raiders game goes under. All right. So because it's a parlay, you're calling Cratch loses the first part. And we know Thursday night that he lost the whole parlay. I love it. Zangus Why? is just making a bid to become the new mystery picker. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, we might have to. I'll, I'll kind of go back. I'll comb the archives, see who hit the hit the best uh, mystery pick record. If Cratch loses all of his mystery points, um, we'll see. We'll see what we need to do there. Um, so I think that wraps up our picks for this week. Uh, Zangus, thanks for coming on. Any closing comments, concerns, suggestions you have? Yeah, so I am a college guy and. What is our picks for the Michigan-Michigan State game this weekend? Michigan minus three and a half at home. Talking about the hockey game? Uh, Football, thank you. Michigan-Michigan State is not this weekend. Sorry. No, both games. Yeah. Uh, I was trying to get, yeah. So Michigan's got Iowa at home this week, minus three and a half. I'm actually taking big blue in that one. What are your guys' thoughts? Yeah, you guys should cover. Um, and I don't know what our line is against Ohio State, but I would take Ohio State in the points. Yeah, it's minus 20 right now. <laughs> Went from 12 and a half to 20, or it was 13. Yeah. 20's a lot, but we're on the road. Our offense uh, reminds me of the Bears' offense. Um, you know, it shows flashes of, of quality. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think we're going to be – be too close with Ohio State. I could definitely see it being a three or more touchdown game, but you know, I gotta hope it's closer. I hope our defense keeps it in it, keeps us in it, and somehow finds a way to win. It's just uh, I'm not holding my breath. Yeah, honestly, I would be fine if we just had the playoffs now, so I didn't have to listen to the Notre Dame BS, and it could just be <laughs> it could just be Georgia, Ohio State, Clemson, Clemson and Alabama. Alabama. Even though Clemson didn't look good against North Carolina, they're in the ACC, so they're going to get into the playoffs. So that said, I wish we could just start that now. And Ohio State should cover, I think. But Michigan State's looked a lot better the last two weeks. Uh, but And as for Michigan, I mean, it's, it's kind of a must-win. And that's tough because Iowa is very good. I'm very happy that we're getting them in Ann Arbor. Because if we weren't, I'd be really scared, and I'm already pretty scared. So 
Uh, we need to win, so I'm taking Michigan to cover. Thank God for no Hackinson and Faint on Iowa. Hey, they they just seem to churn out tight ends though. So I, I honestly in linemen, so. yeah, I I haven't watched any Iowa football this year, but uh, I have no doubt that they have you know a decent tight end and like you said, Zank, decent linemen. So it's always tough to beat uh, you know that kind of an offense. Your little college pick 'em, Dan. You're forgetting about Oklahoma. We need another former quarterback transfer against this team. You're going to have Fields against Georgia. You're going to have Jalen Hurts against Alabama. And Clemson gets left out. Those are your four. That would be fine because unless the matchups prevent it, it's probably going to be Ohio State versus Alabama. So. We can no. just skip. We can just skip ahead. But I mean, the the fun. I think we should just play those games now, and then just have everyone else play for the other national championship. Exactly. Whoever wins, can, whoever wins the rest have of the a season. But yeah, I don't. I I'd, I'd rather see like Alabama and Ohio State play at full strength than have some injuries going into the championship. So just do it now. Get it over with. So wouldn't watch the rest of the season. Start the basketball season. Uh, can't wait for basketball. We're like a month away. Yeah, you guys, um, you guys should win everything. Yeah. I know. You I'm guys excited. Need to get Izzo a second national championship with that roster. How? Uh, I'm doing my best, guys. I'm doing my best. <laughs> All right, uh, Zankus, once again, thanks for joining us. Uh, appreciate you taking the time and, and staying up late in a busy week to to talk with us here. Thanks, fellas. You have a great rest of your week. Happy Hump Day. Hump Day. <laughs> Thanks, Angus. Good job. Have a great night. Bye-bye. You too. Zank out. Zank out. Uh, Do you have any outro song? Oh, I'm totally unprepared. You know, we don't do this every week. Step by step. We already did step by step. I think we can do repeats at this point. Oh, I know what I was, I was going to do this one for Zengus. That's okay. It's a good, good little theme with the football theme. Oh, there you go. You, you watch, you watch this show too. We watch the show at the same time. Yeah, yeah. So we, I watched uh, the Friday Night Lights live, um, and then I watched a few episodes of it here and there, probably two or three years ago. Um, when Alyssa was doing her ER rotation, she just like binged watched all four or five seasons of it. So, you know, I'd come home, she'd be either going to or coming from a, a weird night shift. And so we'd watch, you know, an episode or two and then she'd either go to work or crash early or something like that. So it's good, good times. It was a good show. A lot of, a lot of good, good plot points, good characters. It's a great show and it's one of those shows like, uh, let's see, like Mad Men or The Wire, kind of, where it's really good, and then it gets kind of mediocre for a season or two, and then it comes back in, like, in the fourth season and just dominates. Like, it's absolutely amazing. Yeah, like you could kind of tell that, you know, they maybe weren't expecting such good success out of the first couple of seasons, tried to reach a little too far and overdid it in maybe the third season, but then kind of got back to their roots and what really made them strong kind of in the fourth and, and final seasons. 
Yep. And just like the Marvel comic universe, uh, Michael B. Jordan comes in and saves the day. <laughs> made that made that show really good at the end. Yeah, that he did. And that was something I, I don't think I watched as closely live that last season because I think, you know, like you said, that kind of interim season was a little bit of a letdown. Uh, but watching it again with Alyssa, that the last season is, you know, one of the better ones of that show. Yep, definitely. All right, well, Dan, thanks for, uh, thanks for stopping by. And uh, until next time. Have a good one.